Welcome to List It, the show where me and a guest rank and list things in pop culture. I'm really excited about uh, today's show because I have a member of one of my favorite bands. You may know Judah and Lion as an indie pop outfit that combines influences that range from Americana and folk to punk rock, EDM and hip hop. Their latest single, Spirit, uh, and its accompanying remix has already racked up millions of listens and it was even used in the trailer for the upcoming Disney Plus uh, Mighty Ducks uh, TV show, which as a as a uh, passionate child of the 90s, I'm very excited to check out to see if it lives up to the hype. Uh, also, uh, their single Let Go was used as the official anthem of the ESPN College football season in 2019. And their song Never Giving Up On You is the official anthem of the MLS Nashville SC soccer team. And they've been featured on the EA Sports Games NHL 20 and FIFA 20. They've also collaborated with a ton of artists, including Casey Musgraves, John Billion, and a ton of others. My guest today, Nate Zercher, is the founding member of the band. He also plays banjo and, and sings backup vocals. And Nate and I are ranking our favorite moments at the intersections of sports and music. It's going to be a really fun one. Nate, welcome to List It, man. Good morning. Good to be here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's funny when... Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, all that happened. That's cool. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny you say that. Yeah, it's funny you say that because when I first started this pod, I like was doing the intro separate. You know what I mean? Like we were just chit chatting, just kind of casually before, and usually I just be kind of roll right into it. But every time I, I have someone on and I do the intro, they kind of have a similar reaction. Is like I feel like a lot of people in your position probably don't take a lot of time regularly to reflect on you know, your own work or own achievements. I, I mean, I've been in kind of the media industry for a while. You know, every time it seems like every time you get a win in something, your mind automatically goes as, oh man, I raised the bar a little bit more, that more. Can I do it again? What, yeah. you know, and, but all that to say is I like doing the intros where I can kind of give a rundown of some of the recent achievements of my guests, because it feels like for you guys, I, I want to, I want you guys to kind of be in that mindset where you can, where you come from a place of like, wow, you know, we've really been kind of killing it lately. You know, it's, it's been a weird, uh, uh, last year for everybody. You guys had this, we were talking offline. I, I was able to profile you guys at, after the release of your last album, Pep Talks. It's been a while. That album was a huge hit. What's the last year and a half or so been like, uh, you know, now that since you haven't kind of been able to tour and kind of been out of rhythm a little? Yeah, we we kind of took a, a break from work in a lot of ways, mainly because we we had to um, with the pandemic and all of that. But yeah, uh, we got off tour uh, after Pep Talks came out, which was about two years ago, and then the tour in the fall of 2019. And um uh, that ended in November and we kind of were going to take a few months just to rest. And, you know, it'd been about two years of creating and promoting and then touring for pep talks and just needed to free charge for a couple of months before, you know, hopefully getting back in the studio and had plans to go on tour last summer. And um, so I think it's been really good for many reasons for us to have to, you know, kind of slow down and appreciate where we're at and still be strategic and mindful and, you know, how can we regain momentum and excitement for, for us and for everybody and come out of this hopefully stronger than we ever were? Well, yeah, I know, you know, it, the, you know, might've been a little time off, but you guys are still releasing new music. There was a new single out uh, called Spirit. And we'll actually, let's hear a clip right now. Spirit and I know you hear it. There's no 
Nate, that's all. I love the song, and you guys actually released a series of remixes, and they're all really cool. And I was, you know, I did an episode um, two weeks ago with uh, this. Uh, he's an actor and comedian, Blake Anderson. He's in a show, uh, Workaholics, and he's a big fan of '90s movies. And so we, me and him, did this trip down memory lane, and he went through his favorite '90s movies. And we got to a discussion about like sports movies in the '90s, and there was like Rookie of the Year. There was like Little Big League. A lot, a lot of like baseball movies that had some. Super supernatural element like you know angels in the outfield but then there was like the classics (laughs) you know a mighty ducks comes to mind right away and so disney plus you know tapping into that 90s nostalgia that a lot of people feel you know announced they're going to do this new uh uh, series and your song your singles featured in a trailer for that film what was that like? Because as I kind of alluded to in the intro, Judah and the Lion and kind of just the world of Americans, not even just American sports. I mean, it, you know, I know, like I said, a, a soccer team uses you guys as their official anthem. What was it like seeing your, hearing your song in that movie? And what's your relationship to kind of those sports movies? For sure. Uh, I think like you, huge Mighty Ducks fan growing up. And uh, the second one was the first one that I remember seeing. Um, and I, like yeah. out of the three, I watched that one over and over and over and over. And the first, I'm glad you said that one because okay. that one is the first one's kind of dark, right? Like, I mean, Emilio Estevez gets popped for like a DUI, like in a kid's movie, like right out of the gate. You're like, that's kind of heavy. You know, in the second one, they're on rollerblades. Is that the one where they go to the Olympics? I can't remember. I'm trying to remember, but uh, uh, I remember I it had like, so, yeah. And the, the third one's more like the college vibes. Um, but yeah, 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 that's right. For sure. Yeah. I, you know, it was just, it was the first one that I had seen. So I've, I really attached to that. I've seen the first and the third a good bit, but really love those films. And, uh, they were influential to me in a lot of ways for sure. And so, yeah, it's, it's hilarious and amazing to have gotten the opportunity to be on the trailer for the new show. And, you know, we get emails sometimes saying like, Hey, there's a chance that you'll get to, be on this thing or, you know, we're trying to make this happen. And when we got that email, it was twofold because we didn't know that they're making a new show and we, you know, it's always exciting when we get the chance to be part of something, but I was more excited almost that they were doing a reboot and I was like, Oh yeah, well, wait, you're also, (laughs) Oh, but we're going to be on this. This isn't just an email. You telling me that they're redoing the mighty ducks. We get to be a part of it. You know, I, I I thought it was cool when I when I heard your song in the trailer, but I also wasn't surprised because, you know, it, I, I hear your song again. I heard it every Saturday through through a whole year during college football season on college game day. You know, you had a song. I I feel like there's a lot of people that are probably going to come out of the pandemic even more familiar with your music that have played a lot of video games because EA Sports, you know, typically uh, has frequently kind of used your song. There's a there's a soccer club, a professional MLS team that announced that one of your songs is their anthem. The cover of your last album, Pep Talks, is an overhead shot of, of a basketball floor. A lot of your band's merch, it, you know, is kind of looks, has like jersey inspirations. And so... You know, I that thread is really interesting to me. That's why I wasn't surprised when I saw the song on the Mighty Ducks trailer, because there's not a lot of bands that I can think of that have such an intimate connection with sports. Obviously, you have a fan base that is independent of that as well. Like I said, you've you know had massive singles and collaborate with a lot of artists, but you have this interesting lane where you guys are constantly 
your music finds ways into that world. What is the band's connection with sports and why do you kind of feel like a lot of teams and, and, and fans have gravitated to your guys's music? Um, I'm very grateful for, you know, those opportunities and for some reason that we keep getting more and more of those. I, I don't know if there's a one reason in particular, um, but I, we are all big sports fans. And I think for me, uh, so much of the music that I grew up loving or learning to love, I found out about, you know, from a lot of those things that you just listed, but the Madden 03 or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Vick on yeah, the cover. Yeah, 12 yeah. or just, you know, back in those years when those soundtracks particularly resonated with me, but I found, you know, like the Tony Hawk games or uh, ski films and we can yeah. have more of this, but just like things that I already am passionate about that I would want to invest and indulge in. And while I'm doing that, amazing music is playing and that really sticks with me and creates a sort of nostalgic or important memory or something like yeah. that, that you know, 15, 20 years later or however long, even if it was last year, but that's really where I'm finding a lot of my inspiration and the artists that I continue to listen to and dive into and um, emotional moments that really resonate with me. And so I think there's definitely a big motivation on my end to try and get our music in those positions to hopefully create the right emotion or inspiration for people that are watching and, and just you know, like, there's also the side of it where those are little dreams of mine, you know, to have our, our song involved in certain things like that in the same way that, you know, we want to play a certain venue or want to win a certain award or just those things that may or may not actually matter in the scheme of all of it, but are things yeah. when you get the opportunity to sit in a room and someone's like, what do you want to do? Like, what are your goals? You list off and it's been cool in certain spaces in particular where they're like, Oh, I work with EA or <laughs> I've got, yeah, you know, our connection with the soccer team, the guy that got us, that is one of the most connected individuals, especially in the video game world in general. <laughs> and so through connecting yeah. over sports and soccer and the, that team and getting to know him, you know, he just has naturally heard about other things that we're all passionate about. and. Yeah. Well, well, Nate, I, I'm, I'm excited to jump into your list of top five sports moments and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, follow up each one of your items with a moment that I kind of found at the, at the intersection of sports and music that I'm interested in your feedback on, because, um, you know, I feel like lyrically you guys and, and Judah, you know, can, can cover a lot of different topics, but sonically it takes a unique artist to be able to not only be inspired by sports as as like a, something to write about, but also music that translates, you know, even if lyrically it's thematically kind of different than what, you know, you see on the field, there's something about it that, you know, taps into the anxiety, the build and the excitement of, of sports. So I think kind of breaking down your moments, it's from the perspective of a songwriter is going to be really interesting. So let's go ahead and start at number five, Nate. What, what, what did you, what did you start off on with your list? I didn't order them. But uh, I would say when Coldplay played at Super Bowl 50. Um, yes. I think that was, I'm so glad a Super Bowl performance. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning of 2016, um, Broncos were playing the Panthers. And uh, I'm from Colorado. So it was already a really important night for me. A uh, huge Broncos fan. And, and I would say Coldplay is also my favorite, if not one of my favorite bands. Um, 
And so to put it all together, it just, and to win the game and Coldplay announces their tour that night. And it just was like, this night was made for Nate. I know it was not at all. Yeah. Just like all of the things that were involved. I just, you know, couldn't turn away. Normally I don't really care that much. Like I'll, I'll watch the halftime show because I am a musician and appreciate production and want to see when people, yeah, that amount of budget and time to work on something, what it looks like. But this was just the whole game, all of halftime after halftime or after the game with people partying and celebrating. And that was just such a special night in every way. And uh, you have one of my favorite bands get to kind of be the capstone on that or the music that accompanies that night. Like I was talking about earlier as a way that will help me kind of establish and remember that night uh, is a, is a really cool thing. Well, I, I'm so glad you had a super because I, I debated putting the Super Bowl halftime on my list, but I was trying to think of the right one. You know, I was thinking about Prince, but, uh, you know, it was very cool. But he was sort of like before my time in terms of how I could really appreciate him as an artist. And then yeah. it's also like such a fraught thing for artists to play. It seems like it's a it's a there the. It's a it, the risk reward on it seems pretty uh, tilted towards risk because there's a lot of people that are gonna hear your music for the first time just because of the nature of the Super Bowl audience and everyone's a critic at the Super Bowl half you know even like the weekend who invested his own money this year for his performance people are coming out of the woodwork who have no involvement in his music to to kind of you know give their two cents. When you when you pick Coldplay for your list, you know they obviously they have a high bar to clear. They have to you know have music that football fans are going to want to he uh, appeal, but they have to kind of carry the vibe of the game. You know, when you think about Coldplay's performance in particular, what is it about their music? Because if if anyone has seen them live, I feel like when there are certain songs that they have, even if you're not a Coldplay fan, like on Fix You, when that kind of when that starts playing, you kind of get that heart racing. You're waiting for the build, just like when the clock is ticking at the end of the, and Peyton Manning's back on third down at the Super Bowl. What is it about Coldplay in particular that made you feel like there's, other than being one of your favorite bands, were a particularly good fit for the halftime show? You know, even this, I feel like people may disagree or whatever but I, I do think that they have a very good sense of like you're talking about how to build how to include um i've seen their shows outside of i know i wasn't at the super bowl but i've gone to their concerts and they just do such a good job of including everyone in the stadium uh which is such a yeah a hard thing to make everyone in a 200 capacity room feel included let alone the people you can't even see because they're a small dot in the back <laughs> of the stadium yeah just yeah finding ways to bring everyone in i think one of my favorite things about the shows i have been to is that there's so many different types of people from all over the world with different experiences and that's probably true for most shows but it seems like maybe partially because they do travel so globally and all the videos and things they release it's like they're very inclusive no matter where you're from or what you're going through or how you feel walking into the stadium they try and I think better than anyone else that I've seen anyway, kind of break down all those barriers. And I think sports do such a good job of that too. It's like, you know, regardless of what you believe person next to me, I've never met or how you look or what you've been through or how bad or good of a day you had in comparison to mine, like we can just forget all that and cheer for our team right now and get involved in all the, yeah. you know, stress and excitement of, and build up of what's going on in front of us and uh yeah and also just like 
their show is so grandiose and they already are playing football stadiums too. And I don't know if that's always true for yeah a lot of these other artists that get to play, but it felt like they were kind of more at home. They took really good advantage of everything and the pyro and fireworks that they would do anyway. It just was, yeah, it felt right in that regard. And, you know, but I guess them in particular, maybe it's this way for every artist, but you know, I was at dinner the other night and I was talking to my buddy and his girlfriend was there and my buddy, you know, we're like connecting on how much we love Coldplay. And then after we're done, he asked her, like, so how do you feel? And she's like, I don't really like Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad y'all do. But, 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 to, to, <laughs> yeah. but, but to your credit, but to your credit, but to your credit, when they play a venue like the Super Bowl, Coldplay's a band that will go out of way to win those types of fans over, you know? Um, and that's what that's what I feel like makes them and their their that performance in particular so interesting. Number uh, Nate, number five on my list, I'm interested to get your feedback on because there's a lot a lot of your guys' music. Um, you, you guys incorporate a lot of different elements sonically. Um, and very difficult to define genre wise. Um, and pr- particularly with pep talks, there's a lot of like beat heavy songs. Um, you know, the, the song that, uh, let go that was used in the college football anthem, you know, kind of had these big kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, like gang vocals. Actually, let's hear a quick clip of that. So, you know, you got these big sonic elements. And so I was trying to think of what other kind of songs, what, what kind of like paved the way for that type of song to kind of find its way into the world of sports fans. And I, my, my number five goes back to the release uh, in 1977. It's Queen's double single of We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions, particularly the release of We Will Rock You, which I, I don't feel like we need to play a clip because I feel like everyone knows that song by virtue of it always at, at games. But just in case, here's a quick clip. <laughs> Sing it. We Now, obviously, that that song probably has the most iconic, uh, just simple uh, uh, sonic element of any stadium song ever, which is the, you know, the the stomp, clap, stomp, clap. Uh, what is your relationship with Queen, particularly those songs? Because I, I'm not saying it's a it seems like a direct influence, but I can certainly see the energy that they captured in both of those songs. We are the, we will rock you and we are the champions, particularly in pep talks. What's your relationship with queen in those songs as kind of sports music guy? Am I making it up that we will rock you and we are the champions is at the end of, or one of the two is at the end of mighty ducks two. I believe it. I, it might be both. I think it's, we are the champions. <laughs> but, uh, it might I be both. That, that yeah. would have been probably the first time that I heard that song. So it's funny that that also, is linked in yeah. with that. Um, and I, I think queen is amazing. And I, I, you know, there are certain songs they have that every time they come on, you know, I, I love it. And I think they're one of the most interesting, fascinating, groundbreaking artists, especially too, in just ways that they said, ah, we see your strategy or your formula for what a successful song is. And we're going to just, not do that and somehow write, still, write a 17 minute version right, of it. Yeah. <laughs> one of the most popular songs ever. Um, really catchy. But I, I know Judah in particular, 
his relationship with his mom. Uh, I think Queen is one of their more unifying. I, I forgot you have a song on your latest album that is about Queen, or or at least is it, it references that relation. I I totally forgotten till till you mentioned that, but there is uh, remind me that the specific title of the song. It's just Queen um, songs. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, so obviously that there's, there's some relationship, you know, kind of influence, you know, from an influence perspective, but particularly the energy they can bring that, that kind of like chill inducing, I feel like they're, especially on, on some of your guys' later work is present that, uh, you know, when you're writing a song and you guys are kind of shaping it and a certain element rises to the top, like let go of that, oh, you know, it really is almost kind of chill inducing, especially when you see it juxtaposed to sports, you know, being played. Is that something that's, there's an intentionality when you're creating that element and you're trying to invoke that feeling? Uh, I, I think to an extent, um, that song in particular, we had written like the intro to pep talks and I think somebody heard it or it got thrown in front of somebody like, Hey, this could work as a, sports anthem and then we rewrote it to make let go and so i i'm not totally sure you know not in the other guys heads uh but sometimes we talk about those sorts of inspirations and things like that but i i don't think there was a like we are writing this so that it will have a shot where this feels like it would fit in a sports stadium or what that there was intent for that and but at the same time like I, i wonder it reminds me a lot of like the braves or chiefs or uh, yeah, the channels yeah. or whatever, oh. something we would do when they're chanting. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't think it's a far stretch to think that one of us was sort of inspired by that or kind of, have, okay, this could be a, a thing, hopefully, and then getting to yeah. repurpose it. Because when we actually wrote Let Go, we knew that it was going to go towards the college or they wanted us to try to make it for that. You know, they could have said, no, this isn't good enough or whatever. Yeah. But it, we got commissioned to do that based off of the intro we made. Um, so I guess it could have emphasized on that part even more, but well, well, definitely, it definitely has that same kind of queen effect. All right, uh, Nate, what what is next on your list, man? The 2011 specifically uh, winter X Games. Okay, really, they crush it every year, and that's another place that I feel like I learned about a lot of really awesome artists. But um, just the TV broadcasts, I, I think the the artist in particular that I remember learning about was a day to remember. Yeah. Their song "All I Want" was kind of every time they did a edit clip really quick after someone's run or something before commercial break, they would pop that in, and I'm just like, "This is so, this is so sick." It's perfect. Uh, yeah. So, and I, I'm a huge. I grew up in Colorado skiing and snowboarding, and that's a really big part of my sports world excitement, um, particularly the Winter X Games. And so, I've watched every year, and finally, I've gotten to go uh, and be a part of it now. And but have a very meaningful place in my world. And again, another spot that I think music has accompanied really well to what they're trying to portray and stoking the yeah. athlete and then also encouraging the the watcher, inspiring the other end. Yeah. Well, well, let's, let's hear a clip. Nate, it's interesting you mentioned Winter X Games, particularly that year. You know, I feel like that world as well, you know, kind of the the kind of action sports. You know, I didn't grow up in like a climate where I could frequently snowboard, but I was really into like skateboarding and would always get like skate videos. And obviously those two worlds are are closely tied. 
especially on the music front and kind of cultural influences. And I remember discovering a lot of artists by like watching skate videos too, where it was, and it, it was a lot of like hip hop that I didn't know. You know, I think one of my first introductions to like a group like mob deep was watching like a, they had these videos called four one one, where it was like a monthly video skate magazine. And, and it was really cool, but you could hear cool hip hop. You would hear a lot of underground, like punk rock. You'd hear a lot of stuff out of the UK. What's your relationship beyond kind of the, X Games in particular with that kind of world as it pertains to kind of musical influences? Uh, I would say it's maybe the most uh, pertinent influence for me or spot of finding those sorts of things. Um, Yeah, I saw my first ski film, I guess, early middle school. It was a Warren Miller movie. And um, now I've become privy to a bunch of different companies that make them all the time, but it's, it's almost like every October, November, when those release, it's like every week I'm downloading those and watching them because I love the sport, but also I'm like, okay, this is when I find the best music of the year. And maybe I've heard some of it, but I'm going to, you know, find my jams for this year and in general on the mountain, but just also kind of my, my good vibes playlists for the rest of the year. And, um, same with skate films. I'm, I love skateboarding. I'm terrible at it and I don't invest in it. Like I would like to, just cause I feel like I'm going to break my, my wrist and my arm. Yeah. I can't afford it. I know the feeling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but definitely, you know, ski and snowboard quite a bit and are way more involved in that culture and side of things. And so I, uh, multifaceted motivation for caring about all of that, but it's definitely, I would say if you were to go through, if I, you know, wrote out a hundred songs over the last, 20 years that I've really found to love and appreciate. I'd say the majority of those would come from ski or skate films. And, uh, yeah, I think they do such a good job of capturing stoke on life in general on both ends and finding the songs that accompany how rad people are getting. And then knowing the other end of it too, that I feel like those are two career paths too. that often the other is like, Oh, I wish I could do this or you'll often see, for me, or a lot of our friends that love to do extreme sports, but we'll probably never ever be professional with it. But then a lot of those are, are athletes are also musicians or want to be yeah. in the touring space, things like that. And I think they just have such a close inspirational relationship that helps the other. Um, and so, I, yeah, that's a big motivation to continue to find ways to be involved both musically and just relationally with a lot of that world. Um, but if we can, yeah be inspired by or have our songs helping out in that regard. That's important for me. Yeah, that's awesome. It's funny you mentioned that because the next one on my list is sort of that window from the late 90s to early aughts Warp Tour was kind of because that tour, you know, at that time, it was like, oh man, a lot of my favorite artists are on this massive tour, but you know, they would always have, you know, they would have half pipes and street court, you know, it was a real merger of that entire culture into one tour. And you could see a lot of really cool artists. And, and I feel like that scene is sort of making a, a, a sort of comeback. Um, were you a warp tour guy growing up as well, Nate? Um, I would say that I wanted to be, I went to my first one in 2016. Uh, okay. But, you know, every year I would tell my mom like, Hey, <laughs> can I go to this? And that just wasn't going to be something that I got dropped off at or dragged my mom along to. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew it was going on. If anything, I bought the, like every year they would release a record with a lot of those artists on it as a mix kind of thing. Yeah. It was always about that and very aware, but, um, 
They never got the pleasure to go until 2016, which I think was second to last year, maybe. Yeah, but but you still at least had that connection through films and through, you know, kind of frequent releases. Like that world had such an interesting uh, inspiration into music. And I think it was really about the energy and re- rebellion's the wrong word, but y- you have to have a, a degree of recklessness in you to participate in those types of sports. And the music that kind of came out of that world captured that sort of recklessness in that like, hey, we're going to try something new and we're going to turn everything up a little and play it a little faster. And it really was a really kind of interesting time to see how music could influence the athletes and athletes could influence the music. I think that that, that that's cool that we kind, of, we kind of both landed on something in that space. All right, what, what do you got next, Nate? 2010 World Cup in South Africa. Uh, the, okay. I guess, the general theme music for that Wave and Flag by Kanon, uh, which is one of the most perfect placements of a song to, again, kind of capture a unifying excitement. Um, yeah. At least that's how I, I felt it. Um, and that's another space. Like I think you uh, two had the the song "City of Blinding Lights" for the t- 2006 World Cup, and it's always interesting when you know you try and capture a big event with one song or have like the overarching theme. And I think those two they really crushed. And uh, again, give me very. I remember watching those and being super excited in general. But I definitely associate those two songs with those moments and helps me remember where I was when I was listening to it or watching it. And, um, yeah, amazing songs, obviously incredible event. And, uh, I think they, they crushed it when they, they merged those together. Let's, let's hear a couple clips. It, okay, so I want to break down. I want to. I got a quick question about you know the World Cup selection because the obviously the artists that they choose to incorporate into those uh, events and to to write those songs have a unique challenge in that the audience isn't just people who expect a certain emotional payoff for a song. If you're listening to a song associated with a sports event, it has to have, it has to have tension and build, right? It's got to mirror in some way, the feeling of sports world cup has a unique challenge because it has to appeal to an international audience. Um, you know, the, the audience of the world cup, it's a, it's a competition between countries and those countries, I mean, really are all are represented by, uh, you know, cultures across the planet. So writing a song that not only captures the energy of the World Cup, but it's going to translate across cultures seems like an exceptionally difficult task. A band like U2, obviously, there's an international band and a lot of the artists associated with World Cup are international artists. You know, you guys have the the song for uh, the the team there in Nashville. Thinking about soccer's influence in particular on music, how do you think it's kind of opened the door for audiences to be more open to kind of global influences and sounds? That's a really good question. I, yeah, I don't know what the the formula is on how you pick that song or what the, the intricacies of what you're really looking for. I imagine it's largely somewhat relevant to where the world cup is and trying to incorporate some kind of cultural yeah. aspect in that. Um, yeah, which kind of naturally, I think, lends itself to certain aspects of that song. But I don't know. I, I think it's it's again maybe because it's such a unifying experience and thing that you're caring about when you're watching that maybe makes you more open minded to something that might not necessarily 
catch your attention otherwise, like because you're so excited about what's going on and what the song is associated with it almost naturally, regardless of if you really would gravitate towards that song. Otherwise I'm like, Oh, I like this because it is part of this memory of this thing I'm passionate about. So I don't know. That would be interesting. Like, you know, you want to obviously pick something good and have something that people would get interested or excited about, but you can't do that for everybody. And and if there is sort of a, well, because it's associated with this other thing that they care about, hopefully they'll appreciate it more or it'll amplify their already excitement for that artist. If they do know who it is or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a. I always I always like because you see this at the any kind of inter- international competition. You know the the the. It's not just the music, but like kind of the fashion and even like with the World Cup year to year, they redesign the ball and there's. But it, but again, there's a, it's a very high bar to climb because yeah, you want some representation of the local culture that's hosting the event, but you also want this sort of global inclusivity that music is really great at. Uh, so that, those are really interesting selections. Um, okay. Mine is a little, <clears throat> people on this podcast hate, well, they probably don't hate it because I talk about it all the time. And if they're still <laughs> listening, then I guess they don't totally hate it, but they're probably tired of me constantly referencing uh, films from the Sylvester Stallone uh, catalog, but I can't help myself because he is ridiculous in so many incredible, unintentionally hilarious uh, ways and has contributed so much uh, to just pop culture fodder for me in the course of his career. But the the one thing I want to do uh, 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 talk about with his is two songs. This is another sort of twofer for mine. It was the release of Gonna Fly Now, which is the bomb, 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 bomb. Here's a clip for Gonna Fly Now. And then uh, uh, later in, a, in one of the later films, Rocky Three, the song "Eye of the Tiger." Don't, uh, don't. Okay, here's that one. Okay, now those films are. I don't know if you've revisited the Rocky films much, but they are. They're not. They're. They're. They lack a, a degree of self awareness that when you rewatch them, like okay, this is pretty corny. Like they don't block. Like Rocky's incapable of blocking a punch. He just gets repeatedly punched directly into. Like the. It's a heavyweight fight where both fighters are just exchanging blows directly to the face the entire time. Like they are. They're goofy movies, but these songs have become in their own way unironically iconic. You know, I mean, there's, there's, they have, I feel like you can't listen to any of those songs without being self-aware to a degree. Like no one goes to the weight room and puts on eye of the tiger seriously. Like, it's always like, Hey, we're going to get to get pumped up. Or when you hear, you know, it's usually like in like a sitcom montage, making fun of like an eighties training montage, but there's still something genuinely great about those songs. In my opinion, what's your, do, do you have a take on the Rocky music and particularly, how they've kind of fueled these training montages for athletes over the years i haven't seen any of the rocky films you you really aren't missing out if you okay, want to see right, them right. Nate, I, 
If you want to see the Rocky films, can I make a suggestion? Sure. Just go on YouTube and type in Rocky training montage and watch like two. Rocky four has three different training montages in it. So most of the most of the Rocky films are just compilations of Rocky working out to cool music. But I think you probably are familiar with both of those songs, at least uh, just because sure. of their cultural yeah, prevalence. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you kind of reflecting on because they are just prevalent, whether someone's seen the films or not, they're just, you know, have you know, they're so per- culturally pervasive. Do you think those are corny songs or what are you, do you have a kind of opinions on that type of, you know, unironic, but kind of corny, but also fair, you know, if we're being fair, kind of effective, you know, pump up music. I, I don't necessarily think they're, they're corny. Um, I, th- I think partially maybe because of the time that they came from and they're, they're obviously effective. I, I mean, you know, as much as it maybe is a joke or cheesy and the way that gets brought out sometimes, like I, I think, especially if I was watching that for the first time when it actually came out or closer to it, um, I think it would totally hit correctly. And I wonder too, sorry, to, I don't know if take this angle, but like being 30, 40 years removed from yeah. when it came out for the first time, like it's easy for us to, I think, write off certain things back then as, oh, that's probably a, maybe it was corny or choky or it doesn't feel yeah right because of just all the context that we have now or things that we're into or that would get put in that scene now but yeah. I, I imagine uh, it fit more appropriately than maybe it feels at certain points now but those songs are awesome especially i the tiger uh i was trying what was i watching you know, i think it was maybe a ski film because <laughs> i watched it all the time but uh they had a remix of i of the tiger uh and it slapped it was so sick <laughs> Oh, well, that the so, core of that, that the core of it is a good guys. song. Yeah, the the the, the core yeah. is you know dun 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 dun. There's something about build and resolve that it just it, you know that that's not some sort of you know brilliant music insight. I mean, that's like a basic principle, but that just accelerates it riff to riff. Dun 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 dun. dun. You know, like it captures that <laughs> energy of build 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 release bill 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 release that for some reason it still works even though everyone already knows it's coming that's what's cool about it it's like you know the build's coming but it still works so uh yeah it and i don't mean to dog on them i don't want you to think i'm like bashing survivor or whoever composed gonna fly for stallone in the 80s but i it those songs have just they've taken on this independent they're just this weird cultural artifact that they, they just kind of live independently of they immediately evoke a feeling and sort of a mute it's hard not to kind of smile and want to start air punching when you hear the opening riff to, to, to eye of the tiger and that's a unique thing for a song to to, to trigger a mass cultural yeah. response involuntarily you know um all right nate what do you got for number two on your list man i feel like you know, we've already touched on it a little bit, but maybe not giving it enough credit for really what it's done, but the, the Tony Hawk series. Yes. Um, the video game. Yeah. Particularly the first, I would say four now, well, four and underground wildly influential for me. And I, I think partially because the amount of hours that I, I played, um, yeah. on those games and they just did the remaster of, uh, Tony Hawk one and two that came out last fall. And I've just platinumed both of those, getting every achievement in like hundreds of hours. <laughs> I'll be on like a FaceTime call with a bunch of friends or something, and we're all sort of 
doing our own thing in some way, but I'm just chugging along on Tony Hawk, trying to get all the the goals again and nostalgia for sure. But another really good example of, I think, pairing cool music with a cool sport in an exciting way and the intentionality of how those songs got placed and just thinking about how they've come to influence so many of my friends and myself and where we're all at now. Uh, both in like, I think that was a big leeway for me to love extreme sports, but also still some of my most important songs that I listen to constantly are from those games. And I think you're tapping into something really interesting that I haven't heard a lot of people really kind of think about and discuss. And that's like, you know, it's interesting because I was a big Tony Hawk fan too. And, and if the game was on, I probably know every song by heart because it's, it's a unique thing where video games encourage a passivity towards listening to music, you know, it, it, you know, you're focused on the game itself, but it's constantly playing in the background, but your relationship with the song is very passive, but it's interesting because, uh, not too long ago, I have a, I have an eight year old son and he wanted to, and he's, you know, been watching football. And so I have a, a bunch of old copies of Madden on like an old Xbox. And I was like, yeah, I'll fire it up for you. So Madden comes on and the menu screen comes on. And that's a lot of times in these sports games, um, you know, during the gameplay itself, uh, this isn't necessarily the case with Tony Hawk where music was constantly playing, but if you're playing like a FIFA or Madden, the in-game music is a lot of crowd noise and commentary, but menu screens and halftime, there's music playing and, and very, very curated music. And what's interesting is when I put in this Madden old game on, a, on an old Xbox and the menu came up and I was setting it up, the songs were in, were in my head from years of playing the game, but the positive association that i had with it's time to play video games right like like putting in and setting up the team and kind of like getting the controller set up while the music's playing it creates a, a feeling in you like that anticipation of i'm about to have a little fun you know when you have had your music play when someone's setting up a fifa tournament with their buds right and your song is playing in the background which it that that's a, an actual thing that happened uh, you know not just in fifa but in other games too do you ever kind of have you ever heard from any fans that that you, those games are their introduction to you or do you ever th- kind of think about like my song will forever be associated with a certain number of people as it's time to have a little fun and time time to to play some games. Is that kind of do you have you guys kind of made that association because the Tony Hawk example is a powerful one because I'm sure you have it with a lot of those songs. Um yeah, I, we've we've seen comments on our like social media posts and things like that. Or like found you from FIFA or is anyone here from FIFA and things like that. And uh, those are obviously really meaningful and exciting things, but I, I think I'm excited more so for 10, 15 years from now when hopefully, you know, I meet a high schooler or college kid or just out or someone our age or whatever that is like, no, this was the game that set me down this path. Yeah, I think it's really awesome for it to accompany a moment like you're talking about or like gain excitement. But I, I think the ones that sort of like my examples of what I'm talking about when I was a lot younger, but what it could be to somebody in the same way that you know, the first time I heard Good Charlotte on Madden 03 or yeah. Unfold on NHL 03 or uh, so many artists, but just like they accompanied that experience like you're talking about of really making me excited to do what I'm about to do and to come back to that. But then the amount of influence that their music and personalities and experience could have on me 18 years later. Um, 
I, that's where I get particularly passionate and hopeful is that, yeah, I know everyone won't like our songs or what we do, but I hope there are some people that it's that song or a few songs. And we were one of them that really, you know, pushed them to get excited about pursuing something yeah. meaningful and exciting and well, very cool. Well, my mine for this one is kind of uh, it's I, I I kind of threw it in there for the novelty sake, but the the rock and jock uh, a moment with it was about a ten year span where where MTV would throw these sort of like ridiculous tournaments that would pair professional athletes with a lot of musicians uh, and put them in hybrid. Uh, competitions with like, you know, either softball or basketball or, or, but the rules were altered to just make it completely, you know, 25 foot rims, you know, 10 point shots and just ridiculous stuff. But the, the thing I liked about it is you got to see artists and athletes interacting directly because a lot of times you, when you see artists and athletes sort of have this indirect relationship where the music is playing with the sports or the sports inspired the music, rock and jock was such a fun moment. I mean, I was looking back at pictures. It's like Urkel, Mark Wahlberg, Will Smith, and Keanu Reeves hanging out with like Ken Griffey Jr. and Shaq, you know, at a game. <laughs> it was so fun. If Rock and Jock came back, would Judah the Lion be willing to to go out there and 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 take a couple hacks on the, a celebrity softball game with with some MLB players? Absolutely. And I, I've never heard of this, so I need to go back and do some research, but that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you're looking for MTV's rock and jock, they used to, like I said, they would get a t celebrity teams and professional teams and play hybrid versions. And it was just a big party, but it was really fun to kind of see the hair come down in both those worlds. I'm passionate for rock and jock MTV. If you're listening, we got about 14 hours of Rob Deerdeck's ridiculousness every day in your lineup. Bring back Rock and Jock. Clear out a two-hour block of, you know, there's plenty of time for Rob Deerdeck. Let's do a little Rock and Jock. All right. No no pressure, Nate. Number one time. I know you didn't rank them, but uh, by virtue of being the last one, we're going to call it number one on your list. Your favorite uh, uh, music and sports moment, number one. Liverpool Football Club, uh, their anthem, You'll Never Walk Alone, and I guess a few other teams as well, but I'm a big Liverpool guy. That song is so important, I, I think, for so many reasons, but uh, the season of life that I, you know, I've, I'm not going to act like I've been a fan my whole life or anything like that years ago. And I think that that song is the reason I particularly stuck around and the lyrics and what it says. And I think Marcus Mumford did a cover of it that came out and was associated with the, the Ted Lasso show yeah. on us last year, which is so good if you haven't seen that. Um, but just those lyrics, you know, no matter what you're going through, you'll never walk alone. I'm quoting the themes of it, not the words, yeah. but uh, when you go through a storm, you'll get through it. We're with you no matter what. And I needed to hear those things. I think everybody probably needs to hear those things. Uh, but I like had to, you know, be kind of pulled out of the dirt and like held up. Yeah. Like, no, these are true. These are things that you need to hear. I'm with you from some of my dearest friends. And uh, that's been a really unifying team for us to care about and, be excited about and yeah and they sing that song at the end of every game beginning of every game and it's just such a special unifying moment again like we've been talking about of no matter who you are what you've been through where you're coming from i got you i'm with you for you and that that song does a really incredible job of encompassing that in the sports space and uh uh that's part of why we got the nashville soccer club version of that mm. was largely inspired by that song 
tried to kind of encompass a lot of that emotion and meaning and we're all big soccer fans and that team Nashville and both Liverpool uh, we we like both but have been a unifying thing for us together and like we're going to the game tomorrow um in Nashville and oh sweet um the work and go be a part of that and celebrate and sing and hang out and so yeah that but that was kind of the I guess the moment and inspiration for what we ended up being able to do but you know still watching those games every week with my my friends and we're texting or facetiming and sharing that song together is such an important thing and part of my story and without getting too deep into why I needed to hear that just I really did and um, was a big reason of why I'm still around and cool that it's associated with again not surprising but with sports and excitement and passion yeah. and unity and um, but I think that that song really brings that together awesome well let's hear a clip Nate, those are awesome. Those those are such incredible picks, man. I I have for my final. I was really I wanted to. I was thinking about. I'm shipping up to uh, to Boston. The Dropkick Murphy song that when they play before like hockey games, you're just like ah. And so that was that's sort of my honorable mention uh, because it's impossible not to get pumped up, especially if you're watching like a Boston sport. If you're watching like the Red Sox play and that comes on or a hockey game, but the one I ended up going with was kind of more on the that kind of unifying front and it's from a scene in the film Sandlot. Are you were you a Sandlot fan at all? I we were talking about Mighty Ducks. It's sort of in that in that lane. Yeah, I I've definitely seen it. I def, I don't think that uh well, I'll just say I think Mighty Ducks to me is what Sandlot is to Brian. Okay. Um so he, you know, watched it religiously, knows all the quotes, all the things. Yeah. I can remember. I've definitely seen it, but it doesn't have the the same presence for me that it does for him. There's a great scene in the film where it's 4th of July. It's the last big ball game they're going to play together of the summer. Fireworks are going off, and there's this sort of sentimental voiceover about baseball and the simplicity of baseball and playing with your buds. And Ray Charles' cover of America the Beautiful is playing. Let's hear a quick clip. America! Which it's such a cool cover, but what I really liked about it is like, especially in in kind of contemporary times where, um, you know, people's feeling strong feelings and kind of national pride, you know, has been, you know, there's a tendency for that to get manipulated or kind of take on different shades. There's something about the wholesomeness of playing sports and, you know, and, you know, you see it a lot in international competition, this friendly this, you know, competing not to try to beat the other person or or competing not to, um, you know, try to assert dominance or superiority over someone, but competing for the sake of competing and for the humanity of it. And yeah, everyone wants to win the World Cup. Everyone wants a medal in the Olympics. But at the end of the day, this is country's coming together to play games to, for entertainment, for, for people to have fun. And they mentioned in that scene, they never keep score. And I really like that. And I think it captures what's great about sports and music all in one scene. 
because it's not a competition. Uh, you know, it might be competition might be the avenue of expressing these things, but it's really about, like you said, with the Liverpool example. Yeah, it's a sports game. Everyone's fighting to win, but this is really about unity. This is about community. It's about coming together and being lifted up. Um, you know, in terms of sports and music's bil- ability to do that, you touched on it with with the last one with your last selection. But you know, maybe close us out by kind of speaking to that and to what you guys try to do with your music, which there are elements that'll get you pumped up, that'll get you, you know, reflective, that can take you to a lot of places. But at the end of the day, a lot of the themes that you guys have come back to are about um, unity and 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 the ability to kind of share feelings and emotions with other people. Uh, you know, maybe close us out, Nate, by kind of talking about why that's so important to you guys as artists. At least up to now, that seems like something that's been pretty a prevalent theme, particularly in your last album. Yeah, um, I, I think doing this this list it and picking these examples was really at home with you know what you're just talking about. I appreciate you calling that out, but. Uh, and we've talked somewhat about because of all the sports opportunities that there are those similarities and um, that's part of the appeal and why we want to be involved in it. But um, yeah, I, I think for our stories individually and collectively, and I think really most people, if not everyone does struggle with this, whether they admit it, but just feeling like we're not welcome or understood or wanted or worthy or that, you know, we could be known for who we really are and what we're really going through and still be wanted and cared for and loved and all those things. And, you know, you can take that from any conflict or trauma or small detail of our day that is meaningful to us, to all of the global issues that have been brought up over the last little bit in particular, always have been an issue, but, but are coming to light of judgment and misunderstanding and, all those things that I think at the end of the day, you know, we love to make music and tour and have fun and do all those things, but we need to have a meaning behind why we get up every day and sacrifice the things that we do. And in order to, to make this come to life. And I, I think we would say glimpses of this, but it's really come more to fruition. I'd say over the last couple of years since pep talks came out and we all have grown up and had bigger responsibilities and just more awareness of the good and the bad and the ugly of life. Like, you know, we have to have meaning behind this. And I I think the one area we can really agree on that we want to help each other with, help ourselves with and help everyone we meet with is just, again, what we've said, but no matter what you're going through, no matter where you're coming from, you matter and we see you, or we want to try and understand and show up for you um, in a non-judgmental, caring, mindful way that says, forget all of our differences. We're human. We're deserving and worthy of love. And what does it look like to show up well in that way? And so we want our music to say that we want the opportunity when we get to be face to face with people um, to hopefully show that intent and mindfulness in the same way that, you know, I think everyone wants to feel that way. And so I, yeah, uh, that's, that's our goal with our music and why we keep going for it. And I'm thankful that we've been given that opportunity. That's awesome, man. Well, Nate, I've, I've, I really appreciate your music. I really appreciate your the thoughtfulness that you put into the list. And 
Man, I'm, I'm excited for uh, to hear some new stuff from you guys. I know Spirit is out now. People can check it out everywhere. Um, real quick, where uh, what is, is there anything that you can uh, tease now, or do, are we kind of in a wait and see for, for new music? I don't want to put you in a weird spot, but uh, is, is there new music that we should be keeping an ear out for? Um, well, yeah, we're, we're in process of making some new songs, and I don't know the actual game plan of how those will get released or, or all of that. But we recorded one last summer that hasn't come out yet. And that will be out on May 14th. So May 14th. Song, awesome. Um, called help me to go again on May 14th next Friday. Awesome. So, well, can't wait to hear that. And then also, comes out. yeah. And then, and then you have a, a tour tour announcement coming too, right? Hopefully, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely Fingers crossed. To, yeah. Yeah. There's, some big ifs I think for everyone right now in the industry, but uh, got some things we're discussing and trying to, we're definitely trying to get back on the road. Just also want to figure out the right way to do that and how it makes sense. So nothing officially on the books. Uh, hopefully we'll have some, some actual shows for sure this year, but I don't know if we're going to be on a, a tour for a bit, but the goal is to get out and um, just know that we're, we're trying. Well, Nate, listen, man, I really appreciate you coming on. This is really fun. Thanks for thanks for doing Listed. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too. All right, everyone, that is it for this episode of Listed on the Ironclad Content Network. Hey, if you like the show, I know every podcast has to do it, but it really does help. If you like the show, leave a rating and review. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.